Hey, hey, everybody. On today's episode of the Ringer NFL show, Warren Sharp and I discuss the early Super Bowl lines, where we think they might end up, and how a sharp better typically approaches the Super Bowl with a couple weeks to prepare. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. Welcome to the Ringer NFL Show. I'm Warren Sharp. I'm joined by Joe House, and we are almost at Super Bowl week, Mr. House. The culmination of a fantastic 2020 season here at the Ringer, doing these pods with you every single Friday. How are you feeling heading into what is about to be a very action-packed Super Bowl week, my friend? I'm psyched. I'm 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 scared. I'm psyched. I have all the emotions across the entire board. I will tell you this, Warren Sharp. I am very excited. This is like the luckiest moment of my entire life because it's the first time in all my years on the planet that I have the undivided attention of a sharp better that I can interrogate not just once this week, but next week as well. For the process, for the angles, the how does a smart person think about the correct way to win some money betting on the Super Bowl? You are a smart person, and I'm going to ask you for 45 minutes or an hour or two hours on this pod, and then another two hours next week, how you go about making some money for yourself. And let's try and make some money for all our betting buddies out there. Hell yes. It's it's a great time. It's not a time if you think like, oh my God, these lines, I'm going to find so much value in the one biggest game of the year where the sports books have had a while to know and understand these teams. You know, you're probably on occasion, you'll get an outcome that's way off of what the lines are, but you're not often going to find a Super Bowl where it's like, okay, this line is just doesn't make any sense at all. It definitely should be, you know, you're not really going to find that very often, but what you are going to find still our betting angles for the game and a lot of value in the prop market, which is going to be extensive this Super Bowl. But certainly we're going to be breaking the game down at a high level today, walking through the two weeks leading into uh, Super Bowl Sunday. But next week, we're going to be diving real deep into outcomes predictions, all those types of great things. Uh, So that show is going to be outstanding as well. But this one should be a good primer, let's say, for that show. Yeah. So speaking of primer, 
Uh, I'd like to begin the interrogation with this. It's uh, 9.26 Sunday night, and the Chiefs have just vanquished the Bills. We know the two teams that are competing in the uh, Super Bowl. What are you doing? What's the first thing that you do, Warren Sharp? Well, I actually took uh, part of the second half of the game, uh, the NFC, or sorry, the AFC championship game, to run my model, to update everything so that I had an outcome as soon as they open up the lines, I could see how my lines compared to what Vegas was thinking on these games. And in the fourth quarter, I then get on the phone and I'm talking to some guys on the phone that I work with uh, from a betting perspective. And then immediately after the game, there's still conversations being had uh, deep into the night, trying to understand what we want to do from a side, from a total perspective, where we see the line going. Oftentimes, there's a uh, the desire is to bet to predict where the line is going rather than what your ultimate position is going to be. Um, once the limits rise, you can get down on what your ultimate position is going to be. But if you have a, a hunch that the line is going to go a certain direction, you want to get a little bit of exposure to that right away, especially if you don't necessarily disagree with that position. Um, so there's a like the second half of that AFC championship game is not incredibly enjoyable. Um, it's actually a working second half of the game. Oh, cause you're getting ready. So, so you're, you're, you're on the hustle. Okay. So let's go forward then. Um, the lines opened at three and a half and 57 and a half, I believe, uh, Sunday night and almost within hours, um, both of those numbers, um, went down. I'm going to ask you for an explanation as, as to why that happened. But I want to start with with another kind of process question. So you 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 see what they open at. Um, you're formulating opinions. You're talking to your guys. You might get in on a little bit, and your strategy is to forecast a little bit with these early bets where you think the lines might ultimately move. What are you doing on Monday? What are you doing on Tuesday? Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll come back to talking about what we did with the action on Sunday night. But what we did Monday, Tuesday, we are then firming up some of uh, where we've seen the line move. And um, if if there's any breather to be had, uh, just this is me personally, I don't know if this is the way that everybody does it, but if there's any breather to be had after getting all our ducks in a row for Championship Sunday, obviously it's very busy with the prop market. Uh, we had a really good weekend of NFL props for those two championship games. You did. Um, Thank you, you for you, that. Yeah, that that was I mean, that was a good week. And uh and then you take a little bit of break. I at least I did um on Monday. Um truthfully, uh my kids were off of school. I have no no idea why. <laughs> I, I don't I mean they were off two days the prior week. Like They're I don't NFL know. NFL fans, that's why. They knew you I were don't know up what's all going night. actually actually the Sunday the Monday after the Super Bowl should absolutely be that's a holiday. A fact. That's a I fact. I mean, what 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 are we doing in this yeah, country? Right. But um with regard to Monday, they had off. So I actually went on a little bit of a hike in the afternoon, like oh, took an hour and a half lovely. and got out of the house, get some fresh air in. Yeah. Um 
and and then and then Tuesday here we are Thursday night getting ready to record it but we start diving back into um, I'm updating my models all the play-by-play data is being filtered in from the Sunday championship games so I'm getting all the not just the play-by-play but all the deep charting information you know what when the defenses were in this type of coverage and the down and distances and all the different elements from a charting perspective that I got and I'm updating all of my models so that I can then break down this game and I'll tell you that it's very different than most um, most games because typically, and this is a benefit because I mean it's it 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 hurts, but it helps me in this game. Um, I obviously work for a number of different teams, a number of different coordinators around the NFL, and the last of my teams left in the championship round, so I don't work for either of the two teams that are in the Super Bowl. So. Um, I don't have like hardcore reports. If I was working for one of these teams, I would be like insane. I probably wouldn't have slept for three days uh, from Sunday night on. We're just preparing stuff day after day for these guys and heading into the championship game. It was literally and the and the playoff game before that. It's literally reports every single night that I'm filing at like 3 a.m. so that the, the, the guys are waking up at like five, five thirty, And like, we're almost two ships crossing in the night. They then get the information, but I've been working much of the night to prepare it. And that happens like Monday night and Tuesday night and Wednesday night and Thursday night. Um, so, and then there's phone calls and everything, but this time there's none of that. So I actually have a lot of time to think about this game because we get early positions down on Sunday night after the championship games. And we probably, I mean, unless the line does something too crazy, are, are going to see what the market is doing, but wait a little bit to come back with some of our our heavier positions. Um, we do have a little bit of time, but we have to get all our ducks in a row because props get rolled out and they get rolled out earlier and earlier as the years go by. Yeah, so let's talk about that. You um, mentioned as we were preparing for the show that traditionally, historically, this Thursday night, the Thursday night of the first week, you know, the bye week essentially, was a a high water uh, event, a gigantic celebration in Las Vegas because this Thursday um, of the bye week is props night, right? It's it's when all of the books traditionally um, open up the props market, and you know if you're in Las Vegas, you could go around to the various books and and get your your positions down on whatever you like. You mentioned. Uh, that now, you know, with the um, entrance of, of uh, online uh, gambling, that the prop markets have opened uh, a little bit earlier. Um, have you been monitoring some of that prop action? Definitely have been. Um, you know, some of the books off in the I, I keep referring to them as offshores, but they're they're uh, online books um, at in the different states that are now legalized. And these guys are trying to put up props earlier and earlier. Now, some of them are just throwing up like even though even some of the local um, Las Vegas books are throwing up all the standard, you know, standard props. Uh, like which quarter is going to be the highest scoring. And it's a lot of general team-based and score-based props that are computational once you know what the side and the total is going to be on a game. It's Those are very easy to generate. You don't have to do a lot of deep research or analysis to come up with those props or to bet those props. Um, so they do spend a few days coming up with the numbers for the player props. And some books, like they slowly started, I forget the exact day. It might've been Wednesday. Uh, they rolled out 
it was either Wednesday or Tuesday night or Wednesday during the day, some of these local books in the various different states rolled out like passing props with, for the quarterbacks, but that's all they had. They didn't have any rushing props. And then the next day they started rolling out, um, and I'm talking about this year only, started rolling out you know, rushing yards props or receiving yards props. And so we're starting to see them kind of, as they get them, they're filling them in. What it used to be exactly right, there was a couple of different books out in Las Vegas. It, it used to be just one primarily they would say, okay, at, at 5 p.m. on Friday or or some on slowly got to like Thursday, we're going to be rolling out all our props. So everybody would go there who was in town. Some people would fly in specifically for that and just limit bet as many props as they saw that were off based on what they had. They, they get the sheets. They're looking at the board. They're comparing it to their numbers and they're just getting in line, betting it, getting to the back of the line, betting it again. Um, you know, now the props are going to be a little bit more interesting. They're still rolling out props in that manner, but there's now a couple different shops that are putting out props. And so they race to see who can get theirs up first um, out in Las Vegas. But the foot traffic is going to be down tremendously this year, probably down significantly on Super Bowl Sunday for a couple of different reasons. Number one, it's obviously in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, number two, you have you don't have as many people coming from out of town to go to Las Vegas because now you can go to AC and have a ton of different sports betting options or you can bet in your own states uh, like four or five legal books just on your computer from your house now in the various states that sports betting is legal. So there's less of a need to get your buddies, call them up, pack up shop, head out to Las Vegas, rent some rooms, get on a plane, all the different types of things that used to be required to have a fun uh, few days of betting on the games and watching the game. Like you don't have to do that anymore. So um, there's less visitors coming to town. And then thirdly is just apps. The betting apps are now taking, more of them are taking limit bets. Before it used to be, well, we're not going to give you the full limits unless you come in. Now with the pandemic and everything, most of the uh, betting apps that are tied to the local casinos are giving you full limits on all the bets. So you can actually limit bet from your house and you can bet a variety of different shops. The key is making sure you're fully funded. And that's the biggest challenge. Um, with the professionals and the guys that I'm associated with is just making sure we've got enough funds in all of our different sources, because you literally, um, I mean, this is not wise for the people that are just random Joe's out there, but you're tying up typically a substantial portion of your bankroll, like an absurd portion of your bankroll on the Super Bowl, because there's so many opportunities with the prop markets. And it's not even necessarily that you're taking strong positions everywhere. In some cases, you're getting over 85 yards and under 94 yards, and you've got an opportunity to middle both, but you've got a bunch of money on the line uh, with both of those spots. So you're finding a good number here or a bad number there, and you're just trying to fade the fade what you can or take arbitrage opportunities. So um, yeah, it becomes it becomes a big event, but it's going to be less foot traffic this year. So the point in sharing that story is simply that. Some of these books, some of the uh, operators out in Las Vegas with the sharp action that typically hits these player props right away, like as soon as they're released, these guys are going to be more quick to over adjust to the sharp action and shift the lines quicker 
because they're probably less likely to get as much square action on game day, which is very predictable. The square action on game day is typically always betting yeses and overs and good things to happen. And so uh, they know, okay, well, we're exposed a little bit because a lot of the sharp guys are betting, uh, you know, for bad things to happen on this particular prop. But we know this type of prop is what the public loves, and they're going to come in and pound it on Sunday. So we're not going to move it too far. Um, now you don't know how much of the public is actually going to come to Las Vegas in the middle of the pandemic and and bet in your specific book. So you don't have the opportunity to take as much square money on game day potentially. So you have to; these books are going to be a little bit more scared of the sharp money, is my prediction um, when they start opening these numbers. So I, I want to pick your brain a little bit on the props market because I barely like scratched the surface with it this season. I, I um, prior to this year, prior to this podcast, um, was not a very big NFL better. I would bet, you know, maybe one or two uh, games a week and, and typically sides and totals, not heavy into props. And then when Super Bowl would roll around, I would play on some props, but mainly for um, entertainment purposes. Through the course of this season and working um, with you and and with with your service and seeing the opportunities out there, one of the things that I've been curious about um, all season long, and it was really uh, uh, apparent in conference championship weekend, there can be giant swings in the prop market um, between you know like like yardage shows. Like Chris Godwin was available midweek last week at like 63 and a half yards and when i look at looked at it on um sunday morning it was 74 and a half i mean that's an enormous swing that's a gig and by the way the overhit on both those numbers <laughs> cuz godwin had a spectacular game the thing that you and i talked about was exactly and when when i say you and i talked about it you told everybody pay attention to godwin he's in that sweet spot of you know that that mid-level kind of a receiver and that's where Brady's feels most comfortable look for Godwin and and so but I I I knew I wanted to bet Godwin um I I for whatever reason hadn't been jumping on props midweek last week when I opened up and I saw that there was like a you know a 10-yard difference between what was available uh midweek and then then that game um what what drives that like where does that come from yeah, that's all. Um, typically, that's going to happen when you've got sharp guys and the public are both on the same side. And we knew, I mean, that's why for clients, we released the Godwin over early. I forget what day it was, but it was it was the first one that we sent out a couple of days, at least in, ahead of the game, because we knew that that exact thing was going to happen, that this game, this guy was going to be uh, bet on and people, including sharp guys, were going to see the same types of things that we were seeing there. So we got out in front of that. And that's exactly the way that you have to operate when you're betting on these props right now is you, you obviously want to find, you may not have broken the game down enough to get true, strong positions on every single player. You don't know exactly how healthy this guy is or will this guy be practicing. So those will factor into certain elements of the prop betting. Um, but you want to find the the more egregious ones where you're like, okay, this one's definitely light or this one's definitely too high. And this line is not going to be here 
in two or three days. So we just got to take it now. Let's just quickly take it now. We haven't dotted the I's across all the T's with our research, but we know this number is not going to last. Um, and so you have to get on those early. Some of the ones, I mean, I'll tell you, we haven't yet gotten to the timeline for like Sunday for Super Bowl Sunday, but I mean, it is a one busy as shit day uh, going through and betting lists and lists of props. It's insane. So you, you, but you said on, on Super Bowl Sunday is, I, I mean, my experience with you is virtually all of your stuff is done by the time Sunday football rolls around. Why are you betting on Super Bowl Sunday? So Super Bowl Sunday is when we would come in and bet under on the Godwin number that moved 10 yards north, right? We would be looking at the numbers that either we already got a really great number on. Now we typically don't, my guys don't typically hedge a lot like on props, um, look for these middle opportunities because typically the way we look at is if we got a really good number and we like this bet, why are we lowering our plus EV expectation on this bet by going the other side and hoping that it lands somewhere in the middle. That's what somebody who's got like a, is trying to grow their bankroll. Maybe they just don't want to risk a whole lot. But for us, we're looking at it like we don't want to dilute our position. We have a really strong position. Clearly the bet's really good because the numbers moved a lot. So we're going to, we're going to ride with it knowing that this is a bet that's going to hit 58 to 60% of the time. And if it happens to miss, it does, but we're not going to dilute it, but we will come in on guys that we like unders on. Now, in some cases you got to run to get the under early, but in many cases, and there's going to be a couple instances, I have a feeling this week where, uh, there's, there's already props that I've circled that, um, let me say there's already players and situations that I've circled that I like unders on props that I have not bet yet, but it's probably going to be some of the first bets that I make because I'm obviously going to see what the number is and see if it makes sense to me. But I think that the lines are going to get worse on those bets later on. And so I got to get down early, but Sunday is just super busy because it's a lot of stuff. The, the, the limits are higher. There's more spots, have more props up on Sunday. And I mean, I've, I've done this one year I was out in Vegas doing it and we were getting profiled. Uh, me and the guy that I worked with were getting profiled uh, for an article that was written in some big publication. And it was like following us and what our day was like and what we were doing. Um, and it's, it's, it's hectic as shit. Like you end up posting up in like the VIP of one of the spots, but you're, and you're getting the food shipped up to you, but you're just like sitting there working and on your phone, constantly getting information, getting fed different things. And you're trying to bet it at as many spots as you possibly can. Just like you're running through, you're getting down and you have no idea by the time when the game actually kicks off, what really you're exposed to. You don't at the end, like <laughs> you don't really true? know a hundred percent true in some cases, like for me and like the, like my service and stuff. Yeah. We're focusing on specific things, but in general, like the betters that I'm working with you, there's so much that they're getting down on. Like there's certain players, right. That, you know, like, okay, we're, we're fading Antonio Brown in this game. We're riding on Mike Evans in this game, yards, receptions, uh, um, 
longest reception, like whatever it is, like we, we like Mike Evans. Okay. So we're, so you kind of know, okay, we're big on Mike Evans. We want him to have a good game. We bet all of his shit at as many spots as we could get down on it, let's say. Um, and in other cases we're betting under on certain guys, but there's all types of things that you're, well, this book has this number and it's a little off. So we're going to max bet that, but we're not going to bet it at these other eight books because their numbers aren't good enough to bet. Um, and then, you know, you're, and you're bouncing around and literally like, it requires hours the next day looking at everything to figure out, did you even win on the game? Like you're kind of trying to go through all your shit to figure out how much up or down was I in the game. And so we'll, we would go out to like dinner afterwards and we knew that like if the, if the side that we had bet covered, then we were in good shape. Like the pro we, we feel like we're going to win on props every single year. So uh, sometimes you lose a little bit on props, but we're rarely taking a bath on props. So if usually we're on the right side of the game, like we know we came out a winner for that game, um, even without going through the props. But um, yeah, well, you don't know your final number until you tally everything up uh, at the very end. But Sunday, even when I'm not out there, even when I'm back here, it's just it's just very busy because you're trying to it's for me, at least it's it's an information game. It's it's a relationship game and it's an information game. So you're talking to all the people that you got relationships with. You're getting whatever information that you can and you're betting as many spots as you can, the as, as good as information as you can get. And that you're anticipating doing this, you're planning for this this year, 10 days from now, your Sunday, it starts at whatever time, what does it start? Six in the morning? What time are you up? No, not that good. Not quite okay. that early. Okay, um, it, it's it's definitely later than that. The game is not till 630. More civilized. Yes. Um, I'm typically like one of the guys who's getting up the latest because I'm up at night, the latest, uh, yeah. just based upon my schedule uh, and other guys are cranking even before me. But it's it's a reasonable time, but you're still, you know, putting out the feelers, talking to people, getting information, and and then it becomes like a mad dash. The last like, I don't know, from like twelve thirty, two o'clock onward, it just becomes insanity I for love several it. hours. I, I can't wait. So I, I can't wait. I will I will not text you in that time, I promise. Because <laughs> all I do is try and send stuff that I think is gonna make you laugh but anyway. Um Speaking of uh, setting out stuff, um, though, that that will not make you laugh, it'll make you happy, it will, should put a smile on your face. You have some positions already coming into this Super Bowl, some bets that um, you've made previously. I know for sure that you have the Chiefs at four to one. I know that you have an open tease um, that's that's uh, available no, the- to you. The, so the okay so the the cheat the open tease was part of a hedge on using mm, buffalo in the right. in the championship game um we we had the 4 to 1 ticket which we still have on the chiefs and the hedge was just getting some positions down on Buffalo so that we could um, have a little bit of opportunity in case Buffalo were to pull out the miracle. Um, so now instead of the potential of winning um, four positions on the Chiefs, we're only going to win three positions on the Chiefs. So we took about 25% off of that. Um, so we're still in good shape if the Chiefs win uh, with a four to one future there. And then what I did... Um, just, just personally, just personally. And, and I advise this, I mean, this is good advice for anybody out there when these sports books open up shop in your state, a lot of them give you, uh, opportunities to have no risk wagers, I think up to a thousand dollar, no risk wager. 
and you can pretty much use it on anything. So for me, I didn't want to use it. And I explained this on the Wednesday show, but for those that didn't listen, I'll do it real quick. I didn't want to use it just on like the Chiefs to win this game. I was already invested on them. I didn't want to use it just on Tampa Bay to beat Green Bay um, because I wanted a little bit of bigger payout, especially when it's when it's no risk. Like if it loses, I get my money back. So why would I just do like a minus 110 or, or, or a plus 130 or 40? So what I did was I wanted to find that sweet spot where I felt it was a little bit of a long shot, but still something I had a lot of confidence in. So I did um, Super Bowl matchup, a Super Bowl exact result, and I took Tampa Bay to beat Kansas City. So this was before last week's game, um, right before the kickoff, actually like an hour before. This was paying a seven point five to one. So I put the full thousand uh, dollar free play on that particular outcome. So since both of those teams won, now it carries over to the actual game. So more or less, I have um, Tampa Bay money line. And right now, uh, Tampa Bay money line is uh, plus 150. I have it at plus 750. Um, so so I've got that as like a, a hedge on the KC bet personally. Um, so I don't have to do a whole lot more. If anything, it would be like taking a little bit more chiefs if I really wanted to try to just maximize, like not it, not having to sweat the game at all and just uh, sitting back and, and knowing that I'm going to come out a big winner regardless of how this game actually unfolds. But you know me, House, that's not really my style. Just sit back and do nothing for days. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to be digging into this game, looking for tons of different edges here. But those are the two uh, positions that I have that carry forward. And I know a lot of people out there, they like to bet a shitload of futures, right? They bet like all these different futures, Super Bowl futures, and all that type of stuff. And you know, from being with me before the season started, we were doing these pods, but also like you got some of my futures. Like we, at the beginning of the year, I was a betting Super Bowl futures. And I know a lot of people do that. And then they'll brag about like the, the one or two that they have that's actually alive, but they lost a bunch of money on these other ones that, that they're not going to talk about. Mm. For me, the only futures that I actually bet during the season was one on Kansas City to win the Super Bowl when I could get at four to one, when the number dropped enough for me to get at four to one. Um, one on the Rams to win the Super Bowl, which obviously lost. Um, they they upset the Seahawks, but then they lost to the Packers. Um, and then this future that I took on the exact outcome of the Super Bowl prior to the championship games. So two of the three are still alive. Um, so I feel pretty fortunate to have timed it the right way um, to not you know, be a, lo a loser on the futures um, and, and have a really good off season where I'm betting futures, but they're like season win totals or odds to make the playoffs or things of that nature. They're not like the single event Super Bowl champion ones. Yeah, we're, we're going to jump into some of the interesting aspects of how the lines uh, moved, what they opened at and that sort of thing in a second here. But I am curious, we talked um, over the last couple of weeks about Super Bowl MVP odds and using those as a potential proxy for a side, a way to get um, enhanced value. Um, and one in particular we talked about was Tom Brady as MVP. And this was before the conference championship. And I think he was available at like plus 450 or something, four and a half to one, five to one odds. Um, and you didn't do that. 
um you, pref- you that, that is there a reason that that uh you wouldn't go that that direction for, 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 well frankly i almost did it um oh, okay well that's the I, I actually so i actually um the book that i the specific book that i had the thousand dollar free play at i was going to bet tom brady to win the MVP. And at some spots I saw it at plus 625. Oh I know God. there was others that added at plus 450, but at this particular book, I didn't see that listed anywhere. Mm. But they had the exact result of the Super Bowl, which was Tampa Bay over the Chiefs. Obviously, in order for Brady to win, I'm thinking in order for Brady to win it, Tampa's got to beat somebody. So Tampa side is the way I want to go there. This was a different way to attack that same. And, and of course, the Chiefs are favored over the Bills. And I thought that they probably were going to outclass them at the end of the day. I, I, I like the bills, but um, I thought the chiefs would probably outclass them and win the game. So um, at the end of the day, I thought that was a pretty likely chance for the Super Bowl matchup at those numbers. And I ended up rolling with the better odds. So I was actually fortunate that otherwise I would have definitely taken Tom Brady MVP, but I found a better number. So I didn't. Oh, great. Okay. Well, that makes me, me feel better. I, I, uh, I was taking some lessons. I was taking notes. I, I, I try and, and listen when you, when you try and give out some of these sharp lessons to us, homie. Hey, hey, betting buddies. Celebrate the 55th edition of The Big Game with exclusive 55 to 1 odds. You're only getting that in one place. That is the FanDuel Sportsbook. If you never tried FanDuel before, new users can bet on either team and get 55 to 1 odds in this Tampa against Kansas City matchup. That's right. You can bet $5 and win $275 if you pick the winner of that big game on February the 7th. I've got a lean. I'm already in the book with Kansas City minus three as you may hear here on this ringer nfl podcast i'm also going to play the kansas city money line and i'll have a hedge strategy out there as well because tom brady has earned the right to have a little bit of gambling respect i want to give a quick shout out the fanduel sportsbook is now live in michigan and the Commonwealth of Virginia, which is very proximate to where I live. I might jump in the car and drive across the bridge. It's very, very possible. Let me tell you, here is the reason why you want to get on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Put the app on your phone. The range of betting options, player props, futures, whatever bet you're looking for, FanDuel has a ton of options. This big game is going to be, let me use this word for all of you, a smorgasbord. Live betting is easy to place your bet. Fast odds boosts and specials. I just told you one. It's 55 to 1 for Christ's sakes. And multi-game parlay, same game parlay opportunity so you can get a massive payout on a small bet if you're into that kind of thing. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and use promo code SHARP to get started. That's FanDuel Sportsbook Promo code SHARP. Quick disclaimer, you have to be 21 or older and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, West Virginia, or Virginia. Come see me. New users only. You have to wager on designated boost 
market. $10 deposit is required. The max bonus is $275. Full terms are available at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you have a gambling problem, please don't hesitate to get yourself some help and call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-G-A-M-B-L-E-R. This episode is brought to you by Crown Royal. This NBA season, Crown Royal is celebrating the loyal fans that show up for every tip-off and also celebrating the people who drink Crown Royal during games. I know I like to have some around whenever I'm taking in a basketball game, an NBA game. Always good to have around. And Crown Royal believes if you live generously, life will treat you royally. Visit crownroyal.com to get ready for tip-off. Please drink responsibly. So let's talk about the game. Uh... The lines opened, uh, you know, at 927 Eastern uh, time Sunday night, 57 and a half was the total three and a half Kansas City favored by three and a half. And within two hours, both those numbers were down. Um, What happened? Yeah, so the sharp money for weeks has been coming in on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, and they've been right. They've They've been. They covered the spread against the Saints and against the Packers. Um, and even before that, guys were lining up to bet Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And and this team was doing pretty well against the spread. I mean, I think they finished on the season like 61% um, overall. So they were having a very good season covering spreads in general, uh, even with Tom Brady being there. But they obviously turned it up, tuned it up a little bit down the stretch um, as they made a couple of tweaks and adjustments to their offense. Uh, so these guys have been betting him as an underdog and winning outright for several weeks now, and they continue to do that in this particular game. The money on the under was one that I did dabble slightly on. Um, that was literally like Sunday night. I don't, I don't recall the time. I did not get the 57 and a half, but I did get a 57 and we, we took a little bit on the under there simply a little bit of a of a number grab and a little bit of the fact that my computer model didn't have this total as high as 57. Now, using a computer model, like mine's been great for me for years, so I trust it. But there's even some games in the postseason where matchups are going to convince you that like maybe the computer model could be undervaluing the upside of these teams scoring some points. And so I don't ever just go, well, this is what the computer says. So I, I don't have to do anything. I'm just betting the computer all the time. I am putting in a little bit of a human handicapping element from a matchups perspective and from a thing perspective that my computer model doesn't, some elements, my computer model doesn't incorporate. Let's just put it that way. Um, so in this particular case, the model thought that this line was a little bit too high so I dabbled a little bit on the 57. I will tell you that um, there are a couple of key numbers out there in totals. They're definitely not anywhere close to uh, betting the three or the seven on sides. But once you get north of 51, the most key number is 55 and the second most key number is 57. So above the 51, there are numbers that land a little bit more often. And the first, the first one is 55 and the next one is 57. And then, and that's it. There's no other numbers in that range that are going to hit at a higher rate, um, than once you're past the 51. So, uh, having a little piece of the 57 was important because of the fact that that number hits a little bit more frequently. Um, and then the other part we mentioned at the top was like, 
I kind of felt like this total would get bet down a little bit, even though the public is all over the over in this game and thinks that there's going to be a lot of points and who's going to stop either of these teams. Like, uh, I think that the, I figured that the sharper money was going to come in and bet the under. And that's absolutely what's happening. And right now the total at many spots is all the way down to 56. Um, and in some spots it's, it's juiced a little bit, even to the under. Now there's still some 56 and a half out there. My final position on the total, I'm I'm going to be on different elements or looking at different markets for the total. I'm not just going to take the 57 uh, that I took a small little bite of on Sunday night, and that's my final position on the game total. I won't add to it in any capacity. There are definitely going to be derivative markets that I'm going to be getting involved in from a total perspective, and we'll probably talk about some of those next week, but I haven't done anything other than that small bite on the under 57 so far. Well, if that's your sort of opening lean, is there anything that would cause you to, to, to bet an over, um, like how far down does this number have to go to catch your attention as a potential overplay? Well, to to answer that, I'd have to give away too much probably from what my actual number on the oh, game was. Okay, Don't do but- that. But what I will Just say give it to it, me, I pay for it. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll keep that, I'll keep that, um, off these airwaves. But what I will say is, um, that, uh, some Super Bowls end up starting off a little bit slower. And there are going to be some opportunities, whether it's in game, obviously, you can't do anything. Your limits are a little bit lower in game, and you obviously can't help other people with in-game stuff, right? Like I like to give my stuff to to help other people before the game starts so they can actually bet it. So in-game, I can help myself, but you can't really help other people as much doing that. So uh, like on the pod next week, we'll talk a little bit about some things um, that we can that we can try to take advantage of. Uh, but yes, there would be situations where I would be looking at um, backing the potential for some teams to exceed the scoring expectations that the books may end up posting, but I don't really want to get into that just yet. Yeah, sure. That's, that that's fine. I mean, the, the trends out there and there's plenty of this information. If, if anybody you want to do the research, the trends um, argue in favor of, of an under, I mean, you know, in, in games um, that opened up at 50 points or higher, uh, it, that that's happened six times, I think, since 2001, and the trend there is five and one for the under. And the only one that went over was New England, Atlanta, and it went over because they went to overtime. I mean, that was an under all the way until it was no longer an under, and that was because of of uh, you know the miracle of Tom Brady and the um, aiding and abetting that Atlanta um, <laughs> accomplished in in helping uh, New England win that game. Um, but yeah, so there, there's it's it's not that um, surprising. The fifty-seven and a half opening point total, I believe, is the highest opener for a Super Bowl ever. Is that is that right? Yes. Yeah. That's so that's fair. that's like you know um, the the book sizing up, uh, you know what the public believes about these two quarterbacks more than anything, right? I mean, these offenses yeah, also I- have been clicking along. Yes, and I will tell you for that other Super Bowl, the one you mentioned, the Atlanta, uh, New England one, that was that was a Super Bowl that we got on 
Sunday night early and bet the over in that one. The number was not where it was. And that line moved totally differently than this line's doing. That line took over money. That game was in a dome. That took over money. Uh, we got out ahead of the curve. The line got bet up. It got bet up pretty high, but then it ended up coming back down. And by game day, what was funny is like we were on an over position. All of the the sharp syndicate guys were on the under position. They waited and just took some under positions on the game. And so we were head to head against them. And like my, me and like my, the guy that I work with closely, you know, he was getting all this heckling from, you know, his, his, uh, compadres at his cohorts, like, Hey, what are you doing? Why are you listening to this? What, what the under was the play? And, and so it was, he and I were both so, uh, you know, thankful that the game ended up going over the way that it did, uh, because our obvious, uh, bet hit on that one. But that move, that line moved totally differently than this one. This one, you could see it opened at 57, 57 and a half and has done nothing but come down slightly. It's yeah. not as if this line is dropped down to 54 and is completely wrong. It's taken a little bit of a trickle down. It's leaked down just a little bit. I don't anticipate it going down south of 55. I mean, if this line went south of 55, at this point in time, with all the initial sharp money having already made market entry, and then public money is what's going to be coming out here. And if this line still goes down south of 55 at some point, I'm not saying it's definitely going to win, but you have everything that you need to know about this game. That under would be super sharp if this thing got down like to 54, 54 and a half at this, you know, since it hasn't moved there and we're still sitting 56, 56 and a half. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. Well, let's talk about the, the side. I have seen some speculation from some of the um, analysts and analytics out there that the three that it's currently sitting at, Kansas City minus three, folks have an expectation that it's going to go up to Kansas City minus three and a half. And probably, uh, according to some folks, it will land at Kansas City minus four on Sunday. Um, does that square with how you're kind of anticipating the way this thing's going to behave? Um. You know, we really would have to get a lot of sh uh, a lot of public money for it to get up to four and close at four on game day, and 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 a little bit of sharp money would have to join that party. I kind of don't think that it's going to close at four. I obviously could be completely wrong, but I think that this number, I, I almost think this is the perfect number for the oh. for the line to be at. I think um, you're going to have enough people that. If they really want to take Tampa Bay, they can get Tampa Bay plus three and a half pretty cheap. Um, you're going to have people that want to lay KC at this number. Uh, you, so I, I think 
The books will shift to three and a half when they want to attract a little bit more Tampa Bay money. And when they get as much Tampa Bay money as they need at that point in time to keep their ledger balanced enough, then they're going to drop back down to three and they're going to get somewhat even action. But if they take a big bet on Kansas City or a few, then they'll move back to three and a half to try to play the game to get a little bit. Like, I think this is the perfect spot. Juice three is exactly where it should be. Um, I, if 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 massive, uh, probably sharp money comes in, it could go to four uh, on Kansas City. It could come down to like a, a low three, like a flat three, if a lot of money is coming in on Tampa Bay. But I kind of think this number, these books are smart to keep this number where it is right now. And we also mentioned this since this is like a sports betting pod and the other one was not. I'll just add that um, what a lot of people end up doing is they end up on the Super Bowl itself. If they like the underdog, they want the payout, man. They yeah. they want they want That's plus one fifty. They yeah. want the money line stuff, and so they're betting the favorite by laying the points minus three. Yeah, KC minus three. That's good. I a hundred to win a hundred. That's good. Do do I want to lay? What's the money line right now? Do I want to lay minus one sixty five, minus one seventy, uh, to win a hundred? No, I don't want to do that. I I, I just want to lay the three at minus one fifteen. Right. So that's what they're going to do if they want to lay it on with KC. If they want to take it with Tampa, they don't want to just take the three. They want the money line. They want that payday. So what it does is creates an inefficiency in the marketplace whereby you'll get a inefficient number on the favorite money line. In this case, Kansas City on the money line, where if it was a week eight Sunday afternoon game at 1 p.m. or 4 p.m. where there's a bunch of games on at that same time, you're going to have to pay five to 10 cents, perhaps more to lay the money line with the favorite than you will on Sunday of this game. And Ooh. so that's why the smart strategy, if you do like Kansas city, my suggestion almost unequivocally, regardless of where this number goes, does it go to three, three and a half, four, the smart play for you is to wait until Sunday and get the cheapest money line possible to time it right to try to find the cheapest money line possible and take Kansas City on the money line. That would be my my suggestion. Now, maybe you would have to go Saturday. I don't know. You could see kind of I would be tracking. Let's just put it this way. Track the line as it moves over the course of once a day, you know, just noon. I'm getting my sandwich for lunch. What's the money line on Kansas City and write it down each day and just kind of track where it goes over the course of uh, the next what? nine days until Super Bowl Sunday. What is your guess as to where that money line might end up? Is it going to get um, all the way down to minus 160, minus 150, 155? It really depends on where the spread goes and how many, um, you know, how much of the sharp action is coming in on Kansas City. Yeah, I get it. So it's it's hard it's hard to really say if Kansas City ends up becoming the side and the public's on Kansas City, um, and and the sharp money is on Kansas City, then it's not going to come down to like one fifty or one fifty five, right? But the point in general is just that you are going to pay less for it, regardless of what it is. You're paying less for it than you would during the regular season. So if you like Kansas City, don't lay it, don't lay the points lay the money line. Mm -hmm. Um, and you just want to try to figure out what the right time to enter the market would be for that. And typically if you're hoping that there's going to be a bunch of Tampa money, all I can tell you is this every single Sunday. Well, 
did they play Sunday, uh, the division round? I'm not sure, but every single game day for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, game day morning money has come in, heavy money has come in on Tampa Bay on game day. So that would mean that you're going to have money entering the market on Sunday, which would mean that theoretically the best time to grab the Kansas City money line would be after that money has reared its head on Tampa Bay. Yeah, we saw that um, this past Sunday. Uh, there were six uh, bets of $500,000 or more that, that we were aware of uh, Sunday morning that came in on Tampa, and it and it took the, the line um, d- down from what was Green Bay favored by. Uh, it moved it by a full half a point ju- just in, in the, the handful of hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what they've been doing. So we wondered if one anticipate. of those we wondered if one of those five hundred thousand dollar bets was Tom Brady because he had a five thousand five hundred thousand dollar bonus uh, upon winning that game. So maybe did Tom bet on himself? Maybe it was Giselle. No, I could have been could Giselle. Tell, I could tell. Well, it could have been Giselle. Yeah, I could just tell you that uh, <laughs> the, the NFL doesn't really mess around with that stuff, and they've got their gambling gambling policies. I've 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 read them. I've been I've been shown them. So um, no doubt. Yeah, there's they don't really mess around with that. So it's definitely not him. But well, I I, I know it's still early um, in your research and you're um, busy sort of gobbling up what the props market um, looks like now and how it's going to develop. But let's talk a little bit about some of the elements of the game, and I'm particularly interested in the injuries um, uh, information because you know we have a very prominent injury that um, affects Kansas City, and then we we have what looks like um, guys coming back from injury for Tampa. Um, Eric Fisher is out for Kansas City. He tore his Achilles in the second half. Uh, I think it was second half. Very uh, disappointing because, um, you know, he ranked inside the top 20 as a tackle uh, based on all the, um, you know, measurements that that the analytics folks use. Um, crucial, you know, element of protecting M- Mahomey. Um, is, is that a piece of information uh, in in its own discrete way, impacting how you're sizing this thing up. One hundred percent. There's a few keys early on in my research that I think will shape the game itself. Um, some of those are going to be decisions that the offense will make um, based upon game plan and strategy. Uh, for example, how often will the Chiefs pass the ball? How often will Tampa run the ball on first down? Um, so those things like trying to understand what we think they're going to do, uh, from a strategy perspective, completely swings, um, how you're going to perceive the game to go. And of course, then props and everything else kind of snowballs after that. But there's a bunch of reactionary things as well. And one of which is of course the, the offensive line injury. Um, and for me, it's how strongly will this pass rush of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get after Patrick Mahomes without both of the tackles that he had planned on having entering the season. That's going to be one of the most important critical matchups that will decide the way that this game goes. Now, you know, Dan Pizzuta over at Sharp Football Analysis wrote this article about how Patrick Mahomes is very difficult to sack, difficult to get pressure on because of all the different places that he can run around in the pocket. He's quick, he's nimble, and he can throw from all different levels. He can throw falling backwards. Like he's just so good delivering the football 
when he is being pressured. And actually his uh his QBR when pressured is stronger than any other quarterback's QBR just for the whole season, like w- including <laughs> pressures or non-pressures. Like that's how good he has been um, throwing the football when he's been under pressure. But if you look, I mean, he's he's going to be dealing with an offensive line that consists of now some of these guys have obviously been starting for the team this season due to injuries and other things, but uh Remmers at left tackle who hasn't played left tackle since 2016, a couple of seventh rounders playing left guard and center. Uh, Wisniewski is going to be the right guard, I believe. And he hasn't played, or sorry, he was cut by the Pittsburgh Steelers in November. So then he joined up with the Kansas city chiefs. They acquired him and Wiley, the right tackle. Uh, he, he's a, he's a guard. He's an undrafted free agent guard. So, um, you know, this is going to be a makeshift offensive line that that is going to be very well coached and well prepared, but it's just not the A team, right? It's not the typical team that they wanted to have out there. It's what they're working with. And Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to have to try to figure out a way to keep the strong, you know, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are really good against the run. And they're also really good at getting after the quarterback. And so you're picking your poison. Do we choose to run the football because we're scared our tackles aren't going to be able to protect Patrick Mahomes, uh, but we're going to be running into this great run defense? Or do we pass the ball a lot, even though we've got backup tackles and and different linemen up there that aren't our A team? So that's a dilemma. I already know kind of what I, what I, what I think is going to happen there in terms of the, the pass versus rush decision from Andy Reid, but that is absolutely uh, the key injury that you hit on. It's, it's, it's not insignificant at all. I think was your question um, with, with the right, uh, the left tackle there and Eric Fisher being out. How about um, the Tampa defense uh, getting healthier? Um, it looks like Antoine Winfield, they're counting on, um, he didn't play on Sunday. Uh, he had an ankle problem last week. Um, he's expected to play in the Super Bowl. And Jordan Whitehead forced two fumbles, uh, but uh, but hurt his shoulder. I mean, he'd, he'd had the shoulder injury uh, preceding. He has a labrum issue. Um, but uh, and, and so he came out of that game. And I guess he's, he's kind of an open question. Um, Green Bay it didn't seem was able to take very much advantage of those absences, at least inside the red zone. Um, what, what is your sense? To, how, how about those guys and their potential impacts on how you're sizing it up? Yeah. I think the other one is, is Vita Vea. Their oh, yeah. nose tackle who's back. who who's back uh, before the last week's game. Bruce Arian said, maybe we'll get 20 snaps, maybe 25. That's what we're shooting for out of him. Like top level. And he played 33 snaps. Yeah. Um, and now he's got two extra weeks, like a little bit of decompression, time to heal up, and then a little bit of, okay, measure you. Where are you at? Okay, you're going to be able to give us like 75% snaps this week, uh, 80% snaps, you know, what what have you. Obviously, you're a nose tackle, right? So already you're not playing on, you know, certain situations. But uh, I think him being healthy is going to be vital for their ability to get pressure with fewer men um, against Patrick Mahomes. And yeah, obviously the safety is important to have him up healthy uh, in terms of Winfield Jr. He's 
yeah, he's obviously very young, but he's a ball hawk. He's good at um, trying to get after the football and create turnover. So somebody like that would be very beneficial for them um, in the secondary to have. I don't think he's really moving the number much in terms of moving the needle and anybody's like, oh, well now I definitely want to bet the bucks because Winfield's going to be back, but um, it's obviously going to help the bottom line for sure for them. Yeah. Well, I want to um, see if I can pull out of you from the early prop market, maybe sort of one thing for all uh, everybody listening to pay attention to as these uh, numbers become available, because I know next week is the deep dive. I mean, you know, you and I have had this tendency, uh, and our producers absolutely love it, of getting going and doing podcasts that we imagine might go about an hour, and then they're they're two hours. We just warn everybody right now: next week's podcast, the Super Bowl preview, you don't have to listen to it all at once. Just listen to the portions. We'll have timestamps. Is there something you're interested in? That'll be fine. But this week was just like a, an appetizer. We just want to get you know everybody attuned to uh, how Sharpie's thinking about it, some ways to size this up, some opportunities to look for. Um, and let's just wet the whistle a little bit. What's a prop or two that are out there that folks might just eyeball? You're not gonna. I'm not telling you those give out advice or anything like that. But what are some props? Couple out there that that you uh, are, are interested in. Well, let's just let's just say this because yes, I haven't actually bet anything, so I'm not going to uh, right. take the hand on stuff. But what I will say is this: a key component to this game, um, in my opinion, is simply trying to get a handle on the run games of both teams. Mm. And we know the way that Tampa has been running the football. We'll talk about it next week. We already know how often they like to run the football on these first downs. Um, and they've been winning games. And so they're certainly going to try to do it again in this game. Um, the question is going to come, like, is it a strategy that helps them get the lead or is it actually a strategy that puts them in a hole? Because Tom Brady in the first quarter against the Green Bay Packers, they had six first downs. They ran it on five of them, gained 2.2 yards per carry, found themselves in third down every single situation. But because Brady was a beast on third down against the Packers secondary, he was able to still move the ball down the field. They didn't punt the ball back. They kept the drives going and they scored a touchdown actually to Mike Evans in the back of the end zone on a third down. On a third so, down. That is going to be interesting going up against Kansas City's pass defense, which is number three in the NFL, defending third and six to 10 yards to go. Basically, third and long situations, they're a top five defense. Steve Spagnolo puts in a lot of work. I mean, those guys, if you went back and watched that game against the Buffalo Bills, his wide receiver, his DBs were running the routes that the wide receivers were running. I mean, they were all over those guys with coverage. So, you know, that's what's probably going to happen in this game as well. It's going to be very difficult for Brady to convert these um, potentially. If that if that ends up happening and they fall behind, you're not going to see as much running in the second half by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. Mm. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, and, and this is just like, this is the way you, you have to think about it, House, when you're somebody out there might handicap this game differently than me. Somebody might say, oh yeah, you know, yeah, they've been passing them. They've been running the ball a lot on first down, but I think they're going to pass the ball a lot on first down. So that's going to result in these scenarios down the down, you know, downhill from here. So 
everybody handicaps things in different ways and you try to build your prop arsenal based upon how you're handicapping the game. But we'll talk about that more later. On the other side of the ball, you've got, you know, the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and you got this offense that's without their tackles and they're going up against a strong pass rush and a defense that's good against the run. Will they turn to run the football more? Will they turn to run the football less? Um, I've broken it down already. That's what I've been working on for a while now. And I kind of think that they're going to be extremely pass heavy in this game. Um, so, you know, th these are all things that then you can play into some of the props and try to look at uh, team props, player props. Like there's a lot of things that are possible. So that, that, that gives enough, that wets the whistle enough yes. kind of is where, yes. where I'm coming from. Yes. But what I will say is that um, we are doing uh, up at chart football analysis every single day. We're going to be sending out free articles, like multiple articles each day. Some are going to dive deep into certain player props, uh, certain team props, those types of things. If So if you're interested in that, uh, we have a mailing list up at Sharp Football Analysis that you can sign up for, and you'll just get these in your inbox every single day, midday, um, and you'll have, be able to read like multiple articles. We're going to update where the ticket count and the... Uh, public dollar public tickets and the money is coming in on these games. Um, so we're going to update that in the emails as well. So, I mean, it's free to sign up if you want to get those emails and keep up with all the content that we're putting out there. You can, you can easily do that. Well, and, and we made the point at the beginning of the show, if you think you're a wagering wizard, now is the time to start building out your, your game plan, get your menu pull together look for these opportunities as the prop market um starts to open up and with the free stuff coming from warren sharp try and make something delicious for yourself i mean build out this menu and let's get cooking um we're gonna get cooking next week warren sharp i've already blocked off the latter half of of, of thursday i'm gonna be i'll have push-ups and and sit up my cow all of my cardio uh, done the first part of the day. Then the, I have my caffeine scheduled so that I'm I, all the fuel. I'm going to be on pure protein heading into us sitting down to knock out the Super Bowl podcast because gosh darn it, we want some some uh, strong ROI for all our friends out there. The interesting thing about this Super Bowl, which is adds just another level of complexity to handicap, is what happens because. You got one team that's actually hosting the Super Bowl, Unbelievable. which is very unique, sleeps in their own beds, all that type of stuff. We already know Bruce Arians thinks it's a massive advantage. You've got another team that instead of going to the site of the Super Bowl on Monday or Tuesday, the week before, Kansas City isn't going down to Tampa until Saturday. You got the pandemic. They're all the festi all there's no festivities, but all of the... Um, interviews and media day and all the type of shit that was occurring down at the site and the venue, the, the host city is now being done remotely. And so they don't have to leave. So you get guys like Patrick Mahomes who can get rehab done on his toe at his home base all the way through till Saturday. I mean, it's a normal departure for them like any other road game would be. That helps massively if one of the players were to, I mean, thank God we haven't heard about COVID. Uh, but if one of the guys was up, some guy got COVID on the coaching staff. Now we have to do five days or whatever, where we can't be around. Like that would be a pain in the ass if you were down, you know, where you, but now you're at home, you can shut down the facility, you can do everything. So it's, 
It's just going to be so much nicer for Kansas City. So it is an advantage. It is an advantage for Tampa Bay, but it's also a nice advantage for Kansas City. Um, so by the time we talk next, right, which will be next Thursday night, will come out next Friday. All the all of that, all those benefits and whatnot, will have already been enjoyed by these teams. But it's going to be interesting to see how it ultimately impacts the game itself. Like. I tend to think that there's a lot of distractions, like having having been to a couple Super Bowls uh, the last several years before this one. I mean, there's shitloads of distractions at all those venues. Mm. You know it. Distractions. So, yes. Distractions. Yeah. Yes. I used to. Yeah, Bill Simmons and I. Well, I, that's a silly way to say it. Bill Simmons went to every Super Bowl um, for a number of years and I invited myself. I tagged along. Uh, so for some like six or seven or eight years, I w- we traveled around and went to the venues then and and I can confirm there's some distractions. And so those players being at home, sleeping at their houses, right, with their families, don't have to deal with all those distractions, which should theoretically keep them more focused. I wonder how that's going to impact the start of the game, let's say, if there's a little bit more focus. Like I you know, it's just a lot of different factors and elements here that are unique just to this Super Bowl that adds in the complexity of handicapping, but are certainly interesting things to discuss and we will be loaded for bear, my friend, next uh, next week on this pod to talk all different types of angles. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait. Uh, as always, have a good weekend. Uh, try and get some rest. You know, there's no football this weekend. Well, you know, I'm, we're sad. But on the other hand, you know, good good time to rest up. There's golf. You can watch golf. I'll be watching golf. I mean, I, you're, not, you're not a big golf guy, but, you know. First, I got to I gotta um, get through the, the Super Bowl. I got to get my report. I'll be working my ass off on this report. And, and I was joking, actually. I was talking to one of the offensive coordinators tonight. And uh, and he was like, so you get some you get some rest now? And I said, actually, no, I start. I work my ass off on this report. You know, it's like a 25 to 35 page report on all these elements. He's like, what is wrong with you? What, like <laughs> you, you literally, you have something wrong with you. I said, I, I, I know I do. I know I do. <laughs> That's right. You just, it's in your blood. You got to do it. Can't you just got to let it out. It's fantastic. But after, after the report's done, then comes the fun part. Then it's just media stuff and, and talking about what I think is going to happen. I've already put in the work. It becomes very easy to share uh, my opinions on things and, uh, and then it's like bets and timing and all these types of things. Once you put the work in, it becomes, it's a total different rush. Uh, it's not easy work, but it's a different type of work. And, uh, and, and that's what it turns into. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up on the R&R uh, probably like the week after the Super Bowl. That's when I set zero alarms. I sleep to whenever I want to. And uh, <laughs> it'll be nice. Well, we're all going to be the beneficiaries of this hard work of yours next week when we get down with the Super Bowl preview pod. Until then, our wagering wizards, try and rest up. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh, my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. 
Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. 